Welcome to Empowering Women in Educational Leadership. Over the next hour, we are going to celebrate women across all venues of education and hear stories from trailblazing educators of challenge and success, highlighting that leadership is not always about a title. Now here's your host, Dr. Stephanie Duguid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Empowering Women in Educational Leadership. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Duguid. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today, so thank you for tuning in. For those of you listening that do not know me or that are new to the show, I always share a few details about the backstory of the Empowering Women in Educational Leadership show with you. As a lifetime educator myself and with a mother who was a very strong teacher in a Texas high school for over 40 years, I felt it was a natural transition to highlight strong women in educational leadership. So many times, women assume that they must have a title to be a leader, which is not true at all. Women inspire, guide, support, and empower each other. Those women are the transformational leaders that focus on elevating one another through mentorship, whether intentional or not. I wanted to highlight the great things and people supporting women in leadership. I've been in education for over 30 years at the K-12 and higher education level as a teacher, athletic trainer, and administrator. I am now the owner of Do Good Leadership, where I'm a professional speaker, leadership and success coach and mentor, author, consultant, and radio show host. My focus has shifted from working within an institution to a new focus outward where I can serve, elevate, and inspire women to be amazing leaders at all levels. This show is an opportunity to bridge the connection between where a woman is and where she wants to be after developing leadership skills and confidence to become that empowering, transformational leader. The key is to find a strong mentor to help guide you along the way. My mother was my mentor until she died in a car accident when I was 27, and I've made it my life's purpose to develop, serve, support, and empower women in leadership through mentorship. So today is our 12th episode of Empowering Women in Educational Leadership, and I'm honored to have this opportunity to highlight some amazing women that are doing some incredible things with young girls. So today we have two guests, and I'm so excited to have these two guests. Let me introduce them. They are Allie Calvo and Andrea Kohlberg. So these two women have a special place in my heart. I've known them for just a couple of years, and we'll talk about that. But meet identical twins, Allie and Andrea. Andrea is legally blind and Allie is fully sighted. They're former University of Texas cheerleaders and now spend their lives as personal development coaches cheering you on. We're going to get ready for high performance, better relationships, and joyful abundance in all areas of sports and in life. Together and individually, they have overcome incredible life changes, including blindness, poverty, divorce, and cancer to become an award-winning international entrepreneurs, TV actress, and spokesperson speakers, world champion and all-American athletes, Olympic torchbearer, and cancer survivor. They have trained and mentored thousands of people from world-class athletes and inspiring entrepreneurs to military veterans, business leaders, and parents. They connect with their online and live audiences in real authentic ways where their inspiring stories and contagious leadership style is the perfect blend of compassion and accountability. And there's so much more I can say, but I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of it as we talk today. But please welcome Allie and Andrea. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for having us. It's a joy to see you, by the way. You're looking fabulous. Oh, well, thank you so much. And for those listening, we are talking to each other via Zoom, so we get to see each other, although you all don't get to see us. But (laughs) as we start, um, and Allie, I'll just start with you. So share your personal journey of how you came to where you are. And Andrea, of course, jump in. I know that since you all are twins, you can feel exactly when you need to talk (laughs) with each other. So let's just share your personal journey and how you all became leaders in your field. You got it. And you're exactly right. We do have Bluetooth with each other. (laughs) Uh, I will say, you know, I think something that's been super special about being a twin is not just that Bluetooth, but being able to walk a journey side by side with someone. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it has really been wonderful. You know, Andrew and I, we both went to the University of Texas, as you mentioned. And when we graduated, we went off kind of on our separate career paths. Andrea was in the education field. She actually went on to get her master's in education and she can speak to that. Uh, And and it was many years really until we came back together in the space where we could work together. And Andrea, I'll let you speak to that a little bit, but I think it's been quite a gift to be able to do what we've done in such a unique way. Andrea, I'll let you speak to that more specifically. Well, it was it, one of the things that Allie said was, you know, we've had this these individual lives and these this life together. And so Allie and I, as much as we would talk on the phone every day as siblings, we really did have separate lives and separate careers. We lived in different cities and we really never thought we were going to collide back again together in the career path. And it just worked out because, of, as Allie said, I was in education and then life changed a little bit and I had the cancer happened and we'll talk about that. And then I, I shifted into some coaching and athlete training and development at coaches conferences and was consulting in the UK. And then somebody said, Hey, come, come consult for us. And then it evolved. And we started growing this American thing in the UK. So, Hey, we're going to teach cheerleading in the UK. And then it became, Hey, we're going to run competitions. And then it became, Hey, we're going to go to huge arenas and have 15,000 people. And uh, and you're going to train the leadership development side for the coaches and for the athletes and for the parents. And so it started that. And then all of a sudden, one day that came crashing down when the divorce happened in my life. And we were in this situation where Allie and I were talking and we went, everything I've done in my career and everything Allie's done in her career up to that point was truly all about building leaders for life in one shape or another. We were teaching something and we were building leadership and helping people become the greatest version of who they could be and who they were meant to be, greater than sometimes they realized. And so we thought, well, this is silly. Let's let's build UK cheerleading together. And that's why we started working with cheerleading together. And it amplified all of the work that we've done in leadership because we were able to truly build into our careers the leadership love that we have. And that's how Lead Love Legacy came about. It's called L3. It stands for Lead Boldly, Love Deeply, and Live Your Legacy. The whole premise being this is a leadership model where we deal with things that they don't talk about that much, which is love. That's not a term of leadership that we hear a lot because it feels soft, but it's a critical component to what leadership looks like, and then being able to lead boldly, which is something that women don't always have intuitively, especially because the world squishes that down. And then being able to live life on purpose, to create the impact that you want to have, to create the 
legacy that you want to leave to build the world into what impact you can create is something that we feel so strongly. And that's why it's all about living your legacy. So that's what L3, how L3 came about because Allie and I went, Hey, wonder twin powers activate. And (laughs) then we we did form of lead love and legacy and it all happened. And it's been a magical journey for us. And, And I know that, you know, having conversations with women about what leadership looks like every day, you can relate to that. Yeah. Well, and and Steph- go ahead. Stephanie, I do want to add to this. And I think um, it's important to note that when Andrea and I started 10 years ago, th- what she was talking about with this whole cheerleading company, it really just for the for the listener's sake, this was a company where we said, let's go run these big events where these young athletes can compete. And it was never about cheerleading. It really was, that was the sport that we knew. That's what we were expert in. But it wasn't about building pyramids. It was about building leaders. And even on the side of our trucks, it says building leaders for life. It is, that was the vehicle alone um, through this sport. What are you learning? Are you learning the perseverance? Are you learning the teamwork? Are you learning everything that it takes through a sport? So it didn't matter that it was, let's run some cheerleading competitions in these giant arenas in a different country and make a difference. And it it really had much more to do with the fact that nobody's ever going to be a professional cheerleader, but what they learned in that niche little space became massive because that's what shaped them for their careers and their relationships and their joy and their abundance later on. And so the reason that that was so important was very apparent to everyone that we worked with on our staff. And they all shared that same ethos. And we can talk to some of that culture today, but um, it also became very apparent in that work that when you work with thousands of athletes a lot of that leadership and that growth and that wonderful spark that you would see come out of these young people and these young athletes, it was so wonderful to see. But even on a massive scale that we were seeing with all these thousands of athletes, there was it still in our hearts felt a little bit limiting in the sense that we could only reach one person at a time, one conversation at a time, maybe one team at a time. And that was transformational for them, but we thought, where can we really transcend? And that is why L3 came about. It was really like, how do we not just teach what we're teaching, but teach people who can teach what we're teaching. And so that's where our love for teaching parents and coaches and teachers and and anyone behind the scenes or in front of the scenes, I should say, that was able to teach what truly mattered. And that's how character traits came about, which we can talk about. Just, I think it's really important to understand why you do what you do, and and so I want to. I I definitely, we definitely saw the value in being able to scale it in a way that teaches the people who are making the difference. Which is not just us; it's every parent, every teacher, every coach, anyone. Uh, and and you've hit on so many different things. You know, this show is about empowering women in educational leadership, and people assume that that's in a classroom or in a school or in a college, and it's not. It's everywhere. It's wherever you decide to share anything that you have to improve somebody who's around you. Yes. Talk about cheer and sports, and the three of us, we've known each other for a long time. We were just talking, you know, we've known 
double digit years. Well, we won't go back how far, <laughs> but but we were all we were, a few decades. We all, a few yeah, decades, decades, yes, <laughs> decades. Well, we'll go that way, decades. But um, you know, we were all athletes. We were all athletes in junior high, and so some of these principles that you're talking about is is kind of what came out of us. And I can see, you know, you all were cheerleaders. I was a volleyball player. And we started in junior high, and that took us all the way through high school and all the way through college. And it was something that we learned as young kids that we've taken beyond. So for the listening, for the listeners that are here, you know, they didn't just start cheering at University of Texas. I mean, this is something that you all have been doing and living for a long time. And I didn't just start playing ball in college. It, it's something that you you learn um, you learn the skills, you learn kind of the the um, the determination it takes, the commitment it takes. And if you can share that, you know, we talk about sports being such an amazing teacher and such an amazing way that it helps individuals grow. And for some, it's even their ticket to an education. So if you can teach students the the concepts that sports teach in a positive way you know there's a lot of negativity out there but in a positive way how can you use these skills to better your life that's exactly what y'all have done not only for the students themselves or for the athletes themselves but for their support system whether it's the parents or the coaches or somebody else so i absolutely love that and again your story is full circle you know we all started together and then we went our separate ways and then here we are back together a few decades <laughs> later <laughs> so so thank you for sharing. Well, I, your think personal- it, I think you're right. It, every all of these things come full circle because yeah. e- even you're talking about okay, well, what are what are you going to learn in the sport? Or it, it doesn't even have to be a sport. It's, it's anyone who is in a group where you assimilate. So right. it can be marching band, or it can be drama club, or it can mm-hmm. be whatever you know political interest, or whatever these groups are that young people are involved in. There's always a leader in that group, and not only are we privileged to teach leadership for those people for the young for the young ones but our goal is to empower women in particular who are in leadership positions be it a coach an athlete be it a coach or a teacher or a career woman who's got a management group that she's dealing with any of those environments have people with whom they can learn so once we learn to honor who we are and honor the character traits of L3 they're then empowered to pass that down to the generation behind them. And that's really where the full circle moment of L3 leadership comes from, because we're talking about the different character traits of building self-confidence and optimism and hope and work ethic and perseverance and love and curiosity and creativity and all of these things. And we can go on about what these character traits are, but these are skills that can come from any any layer of sports or involvement in a group. And we have to be on purpose about honoring that in our own lives so that we can empower that in the lives of others and the younger generation behind us. I love that you said that is honoring your purpose or intentionality in doing these things. So are there any, I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of different leadership skills. Are, is there anything specific in L3 that you teach? I mean, if you want to lay those out again for especially women in leadership so that as they move forward, you know, women tend to have this um, thought that they can't do what they want to do because there are these concepts that, oh, you've got to take care of the kids and you have to make sure that, you know, you're at the house or whatever it is. 
you know, I, we're all breaking those ceilings and I'm so glad that we're all breaking <laughs> those ceilings. So share with us, you know, to define effective leadership specifically with women leaders. Is there anything unique that you'd like to share? Sure. Um, I can speak to the specific character traits in a minute, um, but there's some specific things about leadership that I think are really important. And, and that is largely because if you go to any bookstore, you can see thousands and thousands of books on leadership. Leadership, you can see thousands of definitions of leadership, right? Here's where it lands for me. Number one, it's a verb. It's not a title. It's not a noun. It really is a verb of action um, because great leaders do have a bias towards action, but it's in a very specific way. My measure of leadership is the measure of how we all use our own very unique gifts and talents that we all have in a way that makes your mark in the world and, and this and is really important, and simultaneously build other people up. You know, we have this huge responsibility that we just talked about in building the generation up behind us. That's what's so important. You don't even have to have kids to be a great leader because there's always a generation behind us. And I think that's what's so important is to pay attention. Are you using your gifts to make the difference in the world, to make a mark in the world with an outward, with a with an outward focus? Are you using that in an actionable way? And are you building other people up behind you? Because one day you're going to be gone. And if you have just been the leader that barked orders and that made people do a certain thing or execute a certain task, and in this performance-based world that you had to meet a certain score or make a certain grade in the classroom, or get to a certain college, or achieve a certain thing, or we have completely missed the boat as a leader if we, if that's all we did. And you can have a resume a mile long of things you achieved, but if you didn't build the leaders up behind you, you have failed as a leader. And I think that's the most important thing to pay attention to. And when Andrew and I- me, It reminds me, Ali, of the, um, I saw a quote the other day on you know how you scroll and there's memes. <laughs> yes. I, saw, oh, yeah. I saw some quote that said something like, uh, I'm going to quote it wrong, but it was something like, hey, we should celebrate all of these women who lift up other women because they're a different breed. And everybody's natural instinct was immediately click, like, click, like, and yes, yes. We, and mm-hmm. then I thought, hmm, first of all, women are not a breed, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, why is women lifting up women so unique that we need a quote about it on the internet? Why <laughs> is it, hey, we should be reminded to celebrate these unique, special women. Why are we, as women, not lifting up women as a normal part of life, as a normal part of who we are, because that's just how it should be. And that's the work we're mm-hmm. talking about when we say, hey, we need to lift up this next generation. And it's- we have to go to break. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to go to break. But on that, we should lift each other up and go to break. That's right. So we are going to talk more about lifting each other up and that leadership is a verb of action when we come back in about two minutes. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Meet Dr. Stephanie Duguid, the renowned motivational speaker, leadership and success coach, author, and radio show host with an impressive 30 years of experience in education, spanning K-12 and higher education as a teacher, athletic trainer, and administrator. With her dynamic presence and inspiring messages, Dr. Stephanie captivates audiences from classrooms to conference halls. Learn how to focus on developing positive leadership skills and confidence to become the transformative and inspirational leader you always wanted to be from any position you hold. Reach out to Dr. Stephanie today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? It's a show that airs at 7 a.m. Pacific time on Fridays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel that acts as your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Hear from the best and brightest in the biz as your host, Kelly Combat, gives you the answers you need. Career Combat, Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Empowering Women in Educational Leadership. Have a question for Dr. Stephanie or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with Ellie and Andrea, the twins from Texas who have Lead Love Legacy, which is L3, supporting and empowering those around them with leadership skills for life. And so we were talking about how leadership is a verb of action and that empowering those around you should be something that's natural, not something that's a special one-time thing that has to be a meme on social media. So <laughs> let's go ahead and continue talking, Ali. You were going to share some information about L3 and kind of the framework that you all have. Sure. I, you know, I think something that's really important to pay attention to is a lot of times when you see leadership, there's a lot of strategy that goes with that. There's a lot of uh, performance-based components that go with that. And there's a responsibility of that. I mean, leaders are uh, answering to the data. They have to, in, in a corporate setting, they're answering to the P&L. And, um, and in the classroom setting, they're, they're answering to rankings and grades and all of those things. And so however you look at it, it's easy to find that kind of performance-based measure. But where it really landed for Andrew and I specifically was what really drives those results? What really makes a great leader? And it had much more to do with us, not with us personally. When we were thinking about it, it had much more to do with the character traits. That was the most important thing uh, to build. And so we started digging and we started learning the research and we started paying attention to what is it that is building great leaders what is it that is giving our younger generation what I would say is a competitive advantage? 
Uh, what is it that's bringing more joy and abundance to their lives in a place where everybody's measuring everything in such a comparative way? And, and this, their generation specifically is measuring everything with, by the number of likes and followers and comparing to someone else's snapshot filtered version of Instagram and thinking, oh no, poor me, like my life doesn't look like that. And of, of, that's tough. And so here are the character traits, the proven character traits that will bring great leadership, great joy, great abundance, and the competitive advantage that we talked about. Um, I'm going to give them to you in no particular order because there is no particular order, but here, here they are. Confidence, that's a good one. Uh, Self-respect, optimism and hope, work ethic, perseverance and grit, curiosity and creativity, integrity and moral strength, personal responsibility, Hope everybody's taking notes because these are important. Adaptability and empathy. Now, there's a million different. I know you're going to say something, but can I interrupt? Because I I want to share with you what I hear the collective blind people. I'm blind, but blind people, we got to talk about that too. So (laughs) really good hearing and I can hear everyone on the radio show right now. (laughs) Collective sigh as educators going, this is what we need more of. Not yes. just in the classroom, but in the world, in the structure of education, in the structure of corporate America or the world or the restaurants where servers work or hotel hospitality or anywhere p- humans gather. We need more of this yes. and to compartmentalize this as part of the L- this, literally the skeleton of L3 and the way we build leaders. If you don't have the because these are all teachable character traits that that you can get better on that you can build on and learn on purpose and develop and hone in not just as an adult while you're hearing about it but to do that again for the younger generation imagine a world that has more of all of this Mm -hmm. that's that's the fuel that creates the action steps that you see in all the self-help book self-help books the action steps come from the character traits that are learnable Yes. So Ali, I do want to get back to you, but let me, let me share one thing real fast is that, you know, I've talked to several people and they talk about the data and that's what you were talking about is looking at the data, looking at the data, looking at the data. Well, so many people are looking at what's called dead data, like in education, there's dead data and life data. And so it actually has two different terms in my mind right now. Mark Milliron, who is the president of National University, he is so huge on why are we making decisions on dead data? So those are just the numbers that have nothing attached to them or it's old. It is the past. So we need to be looking at live data that's current. That's what's going on. But at the same time, dead data to me is just the numbers for getting the humanization aspect of it, looking at that live data. And these are those soft skills for those that are in education that are talking about hard skills and soft skills. These are those soft skills that we're completely missing. And so I love that all of your proven character traits, yes, they're teachable, they're learnable, but majority of them are soft skills to develop personally. So you were going to share some other pieces. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to um, put an put an exclamation mark on that there is no 
order of character traits that you should teach. There's a lot of wonderful character traits that you can be teaching as a teacher and as a leader um, that aren't on this list. So it's not a inclusive or exclusive. Clearly there's a lot, but these are the proven character traits that are within the L3 framework. But here's what I want to say about confidence because I mentioned that one first. First of all, we could all use more of it. None of these character traits and our ability to, to leverage them are stagnant. They're all growing. And sometimes they're, sometimes, you know, the world hits us and goes, oh, your confidence is going to get pushed down for just a minute. You know, all of those things. So the world I does that to women in general. The world does that to, to, yes, to all of us. And confidence specifically is something that we really, really try to pay attention to because that is the magnifier to everything. Now you'll notice that all of these character traits actually fuel the others. It's not only confidence that builds everything else, but confidence in particular is one of the most powerful character traits you can build because it inspires the other character traits. It, when you're confident, you do you automatically are going to have students and young younger generation in particular who is more equipped to have to build their own work ethic because their confidence in saying, you know what, I can work really hard at this, and even if I mess up, I'm going to be able to adapt. I'm going to keep some things and tweak some things and delete some things. I'm going to go again and I'm going to make it work. And you start having much more of that, but they all fuel each other. And I think that's what's so wonderful about focusing on the core things that matter because it equips your students to do what you're asking them to do from a skills perspective outside of that. I love that. Confidence is huge. In fact, my mentorship program, that's the number one piece is developing confidence mm -hmm. so that, you know, women just feel like they belong. I mean, that that's the whole thing is having confidence in yourself. You can stand up, you can share your voice, you know, speak for good, all of those other pieces. So confidence, I love that that's one of the primary characteristics. It's so true. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And Andrea, you wanted to talk about how you know, you can hear and you can pick up on other things because of being, I mean, I've known you again since we were teenagers. So, you know, share some of your life experiences and the uniqueness that you have and, and how you're just this awesome person in, in society so and what you sweet. do. You're so sweet. Thank you. So to get everyone up to speed, I have a visual impairment called from retinopathy of prematurity. They just say ROP for short. It's too much oxygen in the incubator that damaged the retina in my eyes and about 2,400 vision in my left eye, which is what you can see at 400 feet. I would have to see it 20 feet. So quite nearsighted. I can't see the distance. I don't have the depth perception because the right eye, for most of my life, the right eye had kind of dim light perception. But uh, about 10 years ago, I lost the right eye. It just couldn't, it just was too damaged. And so I got a prosthesis. So the right eye is acrylic or whatever they make it out of <laughs> yes. really cool um but the the process of functioning in life with any kind of disability is so unique but also has so much in common with being a woman because what we don't think about is number one disabled people do not have a lot of representation in the world so they're not a lot of examples there's not a lot of models i don't see legally blind people on tv i see uh, legally I see maybe every once in a while a blind person with a cane who is not capable of anything. And so we don't have these models, not just as a disabled person, but as a 
as a woman, we often experience these things in various degrees. And then we also, if you're blind, you have to adapt your other senses. And so Allie and I physically as identical twins have the same hearing, but I can promise you, I hear way more than Allie does because that's the, the, again, the honable skill. It's almost like a character trait because your brain learns to pay attention to the tools that you have in the toolbox. And that's literally what L3 is about using the grit and the persistence and the tenacity that it takes to overcome a disability is the same grit and person perseverance and tenacity that it takes to be a great leader. So in my world, knowing how to, for example, walk in a fearful space, for example, because if you can't see the entire room, there's a lot of anxiety with just walking into a room that you're not familiar with, with trying to figure out where do I go sit down at a restaurant if I'm on my own? Or how do I find the women's restroom if I don't know the room? Or how do I handle a social situation if I can't figure out who I'm supposed to say hello to and who I've met before? All of those things are things that women can identify as instances that have happened in their own lives. And the grit and tenacity that it takes to be functioning as a disabled person is also things that you can learn from disabled or not. Right. And I think that just knowing you from childhood, you have not used your disability as an excuse. You have You're used right. it I, as I, an I opportunity. Don't, I don't pull that card. No, I don't. No, you, you never have. Accountability though. And that's what, that's what this mm -hmm. is all about. You know, personal accountability is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And there are times, and there's a difference too. I think we, you point out something really important. You said I haven't used it as an excuse, which is true. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference as well. A lot of times we put ourselves in these little hole of saying, oh, "I don't want to. I don't want to make an excuse. So therefore, I don't want to ask for help." And there's a big difference. Not only mm -hmm. do we all have to learn to ask for help, which everybody says it's really hard, but you have to ask for help. And then, and then we drop the ball because not only do we have to ask for help. But two things have to happen after you are brave enough to ask for help. And number one is you have to be willing to listen to it and hear it, take it in, evaluate it. And then number two, you have to be willing to action those things mm -hmm. if they are valid and, and said in wisdom and in your best interest. And sometimes it's not easy to action those things. So right. you can ask for help on a fitness journey. And, so, and you can read the books and you can know the steps, but if you don't do anything about it, nothing about your health will change. And so it's willing to listen and filter and look in the mirror and figure out why you want to do what you, what you want to do. And like you said, at the top of the show, you said, we are, here's where we are and here's where we want to go. And Allie and I say, mind the gap, which is between where you are now mm -hmm. and where you want to go. And England says, mind the gap. And that's that journey in between that takes action. Well, and when I share that that you've never used it, meaning you've never you've never not wanted to do something. I mean, you were a cheerleader. You were right. you were legally blind, and you were a cheerleader. You were one of the flyers. You were thrown up in the air. So, I mean, talk <laughs> about some, the, the. I have bravery. done some crazy things for blind people, and definitely scared our mom a lot. I'm sure you have. <laughs> But that's what I mean is that it's it's. I mean, why not? You know, do you want to be a cheerleader? Absolutely. Why not? And so, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm super glad you said this, Stephanie, because I don't know. I mean, Andrea might have told you this, but I'm going to tell you in case she wouldn't. <laughs> when we were in junior high, here's what started all of this. FYI, mm -hmm. if you guys have any haters, 
If you have anybody doubting you, check this out. When we were literally sitting at the junior high lunch table, the kids at the table were talking about, oh, the upcoming cheerleading tryouts. And there was a girl sitting across from Andrea that that heard Andrea say that she was interested in possibly doing this. And uh, she said to Andrea, you can't try out for cheerleading blindy. (gasps) And... I hope the way that you responded is the way that I think we all would want to respond. And that could have completely in that moment, Andrew could have shut down. She could have cried. She could have said she made fun of me. Oh, no. Well, I probably I probably cried. I probably did (laughs) cry. cry. She got up and she said she had perseverance and grit. (laughs) She got up and she was like, oh, yeah, it's on. So she decides to try it for cheerleading. Then between that time and the actual tryout, she broke her arm doing something not cheerleading related. And now you're ma- sorry to correct you on the radio show, but you. Oh, sorry. That, that was high school. That was. Oh, that was high school. Okay, junior high. I was all my junior high. I was healthy enough to do my tumbling pass for all the people who are in cheerleading. Now will appreciate that it was round off into the splits. <laughs> <laughs> we were learning. We. I, mean, I remember those. We didn't know any better. We tumbled properly in high school, but. Round up, yes. Round splits. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, we were not equipped. Like physically, we didn't have any training yet. Uh, We definitely were not uh, financially equipped. We had to. We were living in poverty at the time, and nobody really knew it. We were nearly homeless. So going into a sport that cost a sizable amount of money was going to mean that we need to go to work. And so that's that's where the work ethic came in. And we did what we needed to do to make it happen. And because there was a girl who said, you can't do this, Blindy, she said, okay, watch me. She did it. And not only was she a cheerleader in junior high, that mm-hmm. led to our path in high school and college. She she was an All-American athlete. She was performing on national stages. Then she became a world-class coach. Then she launched onto the uh, onto the governing body platforms. And now we own a company and we fill arenas full, concert arenas full of people to do the sport that, that somebody said she couldn't do. We literally make a living out of it. And more importantly, we can impact thousands and thousands and thousands of lives and families because somebody said you can't do it. And and you want to know what the coolest, the coolest full circle piece of all of that is? Yes. In our company now where we're running competitions, we are the industry leader in building and supporting competitive environments for special needs athletes and cognitive and physical disabilities integrated with able-bodied athlete, non, non-disabled athletes. And to be able to bring this life-changing sport to any athlete mm-hmm. of any cognitive or physical ability is one of the biggest privileges that we can have and definitely one of the testaments to what grit and perseverance can look like. And it's truly the biggest honor of doing what we do because we're changing lives on every, every level, every platform. What an amazing turning point. And so we're going to continue talking about the story whenever we come back after break in about two minutes. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
Meet Dr. Stephanie Duguid, the renowned motivational speaker, leadership and success coach, author, and radio show host with an impressive 30 years of experience in education, spanning K-12 and higher education as a teacher, athletic trainer, and administrator. With her dynamic presence and inspiring messages, Dr. Stephanie captivates audiences from classrooms to conference halls. Learn how to focus on developing positive leadership skills and confidence to become the transformative and inspirational leader you always wanted to be from any position you hold. Reach out to Dr. Stephanie today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Empowering Women in Educational Leadership. Have a question for Dr. Stephanie or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with Allie and Andrea of Lead Love Legacy talking about all the proven characteristics of leadership, which are probably not what you think. And then also talking about turning points in your life where you say, watch me and you just blow it out of the water. So we're going to turn back to Andrea and Allie. And, and you were just sharing all of the great opportunities that every student has to work with you or every young person has to work with you. So you were talking about some of the opportunities for those with various types of disabilities or, you know, abilities that they now have coming through your company and some of the opportunities that they have. So let's just continue there. Well, I think one of the key components there is that for us, leadership and the capacity to be a great leader is a privilege and a responsibility in life that we have. And it's our job, not only as an adult, to hone those skills for ourselves to build to the next generation, regardless of physical or cognitive disability, regardless of um, the socioeconomic background or any other environmental restrictions, we are all created uniquely and specifically to be the best version of who we can be. And our job is to figure out what that legacy statement is. Who, it, what is the legacy going to be that we're trying to build within these character traits of L three—the self confidence and the optimism and hope and the and the creativity and all of the integrity and grit—all of these things. What 
do we want to become? What impact do we want to make? And what legacy do we want to leave? Which is where we, Allie and I have a workbook called The Legacy Statement. And you can find that, by the way, it's leadlovelegacy.com. We'll talk about it later. But if you want to do that concept, we build those character traits to create a legacy statement. And every decision you make, every action that you take in your journey of leadership can be formed around what that legacy statement is. You find those priorities and you create a legacy statement that makes it very easy to know who you are, what you want to be, the impact you want to make, and how you can put those actions into something physically that you can do on a regular, consistent basis where you can find success for yourself and also generate success for the younger generation. Well, so many of what people assume is that to become a leader, it's all these external pieces. You have to have this, you have to have that. But in actuality, what I believe we're all saying here is that it comes from the inside. I mean, you have to have that confidence. You have to have that grit, that perseverance, that empathy. And so there's a lot of reflection that goes on whenever you are developing to become whoever it is, whether you consider yourself a leader of position, which that is not what we're talking about, but just a leader in life. And so that sounds like that's what your legacy workbook, and I don't know that I said the legacy statement workbook is exactly what you're sharing, is that this is a process that you can go through to see who you are. It's not what somebody can do for you. It's not what somebody can give you. You have to develop it from within. So let's talk about, you know, because we are in our last segment right now. So we're going to run out of time before we talk about everything I feel. We're going to have to do this again. <laughs> another show. So, <laughs> another show. <laughs> we're going to have to do another one. one. That's right. <laughs> so, so tell us about the L3 journey and the legacy statement. Go ahead. Let's talk about, about that opportunity if people are wanting to know more. Sure. I I think the most important thing to know is that your legacy, it's actually called your legacy statement, um, the workbook. And um, I think the most important thing to understand about this is that if we are not very clear about what we want to be known for, what we stand for, we will drift into something we never wanted to be. Without the intentionality about here's what matters to me, here's what, here's the mark I want to leave. If we don't get really focused on that, then we will just float around and the world's going to happen to us and we will run out of space to do what truly matters. And we will look back on our lives at some point and and go, man, I, I sure missed a lot of stuff. So in order to make that happen, that's where the legacy statement uh, came in. It's basically your life mission. And so your legacy statement workbook literally takes you, I, I'm sorry, I keep saying the word literally. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it clearly takes you through, I've been hanging around teen, teenagers way too much. <laughs> you are. <laughs> it, I'm waiting for you to say like, 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 yep. like. The, the workbook takes you through the steps that say, look, these are the, the cups that I want to fill in my life that matter because I, I'm going to be pouring from these cups as a leader. And 
I can't pour from any of these cups unless I am very intentional about filling them. And I think we as women miss that so much. Our maternal instinct or just our woman's instinct says, I want to give, give, give to the world. And that's wonderful. But if you aren't really clear about where you're going to pour into yourself, you have nothing left to give. And so I think that's a super important part of the workbook. It's I'm going to define what actually matters in my family or my career or the relationships that I have. And that's not really necessarily a set of goals. It's just how I want to show up in the world. What's going to make the difference for me? And it's a very intentional departure of what does the world think I should be? What do my parents tell me I should be? What does society say I should look like? How All of that goes away when you're in the workbook because you're just really reflecting on your own life's mission. And then you get very clear on that. And that empowers you every day to, to evaluate and measure, am I using my natural gifts and talents to show up in that way? And am I being exactly who I want to be in this moment, especially when you are in conflict with something or when you are having to make difficult decisions within your role as a leader? If you are very clear on what matters to you and what you stand for, every decision you make, as Andrea said earlier, gets easier because it either serves that mission, that legacy statement, or it doesn't. Decision done. Like you don't even have mm -hmm. to use any brain power to well, decide. Here, here's what's cool because you're you, you forming that legacy statement for yourself and creating mm -hmm. your own legacy statement, especially when you're doing it in the workbook process that we have. It's a very personal journey. It's unique to everyone. And some of that information is just for you, but also there's a lot of power in doing it with a group of people who can lift you up in the process and the accountability and the brainstorming, thinking, and sharing, especially with women who leverage emotion so well. And so a lot of times when we're looking at people who are going through the workbook, they like the internal journey, but they also do it with groups of people. And a lot of our athlete teams are doing it as a group. So in the education circle, you can have the, the team doing it together where let's say 10 of you gather and it's almost like a book club. And you go in and you have accountability and you say, I want to just have a conversation, especially for you guys, because education is a natural, you're naturally able to have a sharing conversation. You're naturally able to explore the what ifs and put fire in someone else to maybe think in a different way for their own accountability. Even if you don't know the details of their personal journey that they may, may not want to share, that's fine. Putting it into action as a group is a wonderful way to do it. And we're finding a lot of success with our athletes doing it that way as well. So you can find that. It's all on our website. It's leadlovelegacy.com. It's all linked there. That's the easiest way to find it. Well, and I love that you said, yes, this is a personal journey, but you can have support. It's just making well, you sure should that, have support. that, that way, is yeah. support. Yeah, that, that is support and not somebody telling you what yes. to do. You know, there, it's very, very yes. different. Yeah, yes. I like to make that distinction because it is, it, it has to be driven from within. And, the, mm -hmm. and women are used to letting other people tell or other society or other norms say what it should be. So very good that you made that distinction. It's Mm -hmm. It's encouraging the journey. It's not defining the journey. Big difference. 
That's right. And so there's there's a lot of empowerment that's going on here. And so whenever we talk about empowerment, people are like, oh, you're just going to be, for lack of a better term, the cheerleaders for somebody. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, but it's so much more than that. You know, you all have created something through the experiences that you all have had in your life. They might look at you now and go, oh, they probably had everything. And then they're making this you know, amazing company, but but that's not true at all. It's usually the people that have some of the best success or that have the most passion for giving back to others are the ones that have experienced those challenges, those trials, those tribulations. You know, you shared about poverty and, you know, a disability and you shared, you know, just all these challenges along the way. You know, my main thing was I lost my mom and that was kind of my big guide when I was much younger. So we've all had these experiences, but it's what you do with that. You know, we all could have said, oh, forget it. We're not going to be anything. We're just going to go hide in this hole. But no, we decided to allow that to say, watch us. You know, let's see what we can do and how can we help others and support others? And and we're almost to closing. So how can people find you all? If they want to know more about you, if they want to know more about Lead Love Legacy, you mentioned the website. Are there any other areas that you'd like to share where they can find you? You can find everything on Lead Love Legacy. Um, If you just want to take a sneak peek at what we do in England uh, with our athletes, that's at LegacyCheerAndDance.com. And... But yes, you can find everything at leadlovelegacy.com. Perfect. And then go ahead and share maybe a word of wisdom or empowerment. You know, we've got about three minutes left. So Andrew and Allie, both of you just share. What would you share with others who are listening? I'd say you are enough. And so many of us don't realize or acknowledge or allow that power. Not only are you enough, you're so enough that you have capacity to create and hone and teach these skills in life that will completely transform your own life and the lives of the generation behind you as a great leader. You're so much of a valuable human contribution to the world that we need you here. And we want you to build these character traits with us so that you can really see out loud what that legacy looks like for you. Awesome. Allie? Sure. Oh, goodness. I think, I think one of the, one of the things that I like to live my life by is, and I'm going to, I hope I don't butcher this quote, but Irma Bombeck said at the end of my days, or she wrote at the end of my days, I hope that I have used everything you gave me. And she was talking about the gifts and talents that we are given. And it just hones in very much for me on how can I use my life to make a difference for people? And I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, man, I wish I would have done more. And I like that it inspires me to the intentionality of doing what we do every day and how we show up as individual people uh, in the world when we need that so much. I love that. So I want to thank Allie and Andrea. Again, it's, you know, old home week. We've known each other for a few decades. And so thank you so much for being here. For those that would like to tune in next week on Wednesday at 10 a.m., I will have Heather McKenzie, a National Board Certified Teacher, joining us. And so please visit my website, drstephaniedugan.com. And I'd like to leave you with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, which is my favorite. A good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader. A great leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tune in next week. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Empowering Women in Educational Leadership. We hope you'll join us next week for another inspiring episode 